This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I'm lead pastor here at Cornerstone Church, and today's subject of the Equip Podcast is the dimmer switch principle and COVID-19. So I'm going to briefly explain that principle. The dimmer switch is just a little analogy that we've been using to try to explain where we're at as a church and as a community with regard to COVID-19 restrictions and just life kind of moving back to more of what we would consider more normal. It's, it's working on a dimmer switch. In other words, it's not just like a light switch where you flip on and off. It's not like we go from all locked down to completely normal, on, off. Instead, it fades up, you know, like those lights on a dimmer where it goes from darker to gradually more light. And so we've kind of thought of this semester, this spring semester of 2021, as that kind of gradual return, the dimmer switch principle at Cornerstone. And right now we're at what I would call kind of the next stage of that dimmer switch light going back up. And so what I want to talk about today are some of the practicals of what you can expect here at Cornerstone. And I want to give you some insight into the elder room in terms of what we're discussing and how we're making some of those decisions. What are the principles that we are working off of? And so we're going to talk particularly about what are some of the things we're watching on a health level, on a governmental oversight level that give us some indications as to what we do and how we proceed. What are some of the practical ministry return to normal things you can expect to see in this spring? And then I'll try to deal with a couple of the questions that we get from people most commonly and give some final words of encouragement for you as an individual and as families as you're walking through this semester together. So... First question, what are the things that we're looking at that are telling us that now is the time when we should start to see that dimmer switch going back up to a little more light? Well, in this case, we're looking particularly at a state and local level. Like If you read the national news about COVID or about just about anything, you do get a a picture of where we are at at the nation as a whole, but often what we're going to see in this phase is that it can vary greatly from community to community and state to state. And so in particular, we've really been tuning into our state and local health officials for guidance and the state and local, local data to give us a good lay of the land and what's happening on the ground. So when we talk about state and local governmental guidance, where they've been out, is that a lot of the restrictions in terms of gathering size limits, things like that, on indoor gatherings have been lifted in the state of Iowa. There's no indoor mask mandate on a state level, though in some localities, and ours is one of those, where they're requesting that people uh, would wear masks when they're in big groups and indoors. Um, That's still in place. But in particular, kind of the state and local guidance that we've been seeing is telling us that we're doing pretty well, and so taking steps forward right now is wise. In particular, on the local level, the data that we have watched is not just case rates of COVID, though that is something obviously that we're going to watch locally. And in the Ames community in Story County, we've seen very, very low case rates, both in numerical and in positive cases. We're far below the peaks of what we had in the late fall and over the winter time. 
But in particular, what we're finding at this phase is as the medical interventions continue to move forward and are helpful, what you see is not just that case rates are dropping, but in particular, hospitalization and death rates have dropped significantly in our local area with regard to COVID. So before, when we were looking at the months of November and December, we were seeing, even in our own hospital, Mary Greeley, our COVID wing completely full to overflowing with patients. Now, inside of the entire region, we're part of a certain region in the state of Iowa, kind of the first region that includes Polk County, all those sorts of things. We're seeing incredibly reduced rates of COVID hospitalization, and that's awesome. In part, that's due to medical treatments. It's due to what's happening inside of assisted care facilities and nursing homes where those who are most vulnerable, we now have medical intervention that's able to come and actually lower their risk significantly. So here's kind of the question that we've wrestled through when we talked about it on an elder level. Is what we think is some people are going to say, we're going to return back to normal when we are 100% at herd immunity, where there's no risk at all. And the reality is we don't think it's going to work quite like that. When you have a viral infection like what we have with COVID-19 that spreads as far and as wide throughout the globe in the human population, the idea that we're going to get that back to zero cases, that's highly unlikely to happen. Instead, we think the better question is, when is it that due to medical interventions and due to the immunity present in a human population, we're back at a risk level where we're closer to what a seasonal flu would look like in terms of hospitalizations, in terms of horrible sickness, etc. And the point there is to say that we think we are on track to start to see that reality very soon. Now, that doesn't mean that there is no one at risk here. Certainly, there are heightened risks for certain age groups, certain uh, people with pre-existing conditions. And I do think that there are some people who are going to need to continue to take higher levels of caution. But as a principle, what we're looking at is telling us that right now, the risk to an individual and risk to our community for us to gather as a church is very, very low. And actually, on the other side, One of the things that we think is really important is as that dimmer switch goes back on, there are certain organizations in a community that are part of the social fabric of how people come together, how people work. And churches are one of those. We exist in aims to proclaim the gospel. We also weave together people in healthy community. That's good for communities flourishing. And so as we go back toward normal life, one of my arguments is that Organizations like churches are centrally important to helping people move back to health, to helping people who've been in isolation for so long come back to a healthy community. That's something we need as communities, and that's a function that the church provides. So we view what we're doing as a church as on the front line of what needs to move forward. We want to see schools back open. We want to see churches and communities back gathering in a healthy way so that we help people not just physically stay healthy, but mentally and socially and spiritually. Those are central to our calling. So, while we recognize that the risks aren't the same for everyone, we do think what we're seeing in our state and in our local guidance and the situation on the ground says, now's the time to open a few more things back up, steadily pushing the dimmer switch forward. In particular, let me give you a picture. I think the months of March, April, and May are transitional months. Not everything is back to normal. 
but we're get headed there. I fully anticipate by the time we hit this summer, as people move back outdoors, much of life will be back to a much more normal standpoint. So with that kind of picture in mind, now I'm going to get into some practical things that you can see. If you're a member of Cornerstone or I'm anticipating in churches across the country, what are you going to start to see right now in this kind of transitional phase? So first, I'm going to talk a little about our Sunday gatherings. The first thing that you're going to see is starting actually the Sunday coming up. I'm recording this on uh, the week of March 1st. On Sunday, the first Sunday in March, we are going to have open seating again in our main auditorium in Cornerstone. Open seating, I don't even know why we need the term for it, but it just means you can come in and sit where you would like. So basically, we're going to do normal seating the way we have uh, pre-COVID. We have almost 2,000 seats in our auditorium, so we have a lot of space for people to come back, to spread out as they would feel comfortable. And so we're going to invite people in to do that instead of ushering them to and from and making kind of more strict guidelines to make sure spacing happens. We're going to trust people to know uh, what is the best risk and what's the best thing for them and for their family, and we're going to trust them to make a great decision. So we'll have open seating in all of our services on Sundays. Right now, we have three services. We have an 8 a.m. service, we have a 9.30 a.m. service, we have an 11 o'clock service. Now, here's the reality to those three services. Is whenever a church moves to three service times, what you generally find is that you have two kind of not-as-good times and one prime-time best time. We found that at Cornerstone. Our 9.30 service is clearly the easiest time for families and people to attend. And so it tends to be very, very large. Our 8 o'clock and our 11 o'clock are smaller. So our 8 o'clock might average between three and 400 people there. Our 11 o'clock is averaging between five and 600 people there. Well, our 9.30 service, that service is pushing up to nearly 900 adults and over 100 children who are there at that service. So what we're realizing is a couple things. First off, While we're in three services, my encouragement is anybody who is sensitive to the risk of COVID, go to the 8 o'clock or the 11 o'clock service. But also, you should anticipate, and this may sound a bit counterintuitive, that when we feel we're able to do so, we're going to try to go back to two services fairly soon. Now, the reason for that is because once you have two services, you tend to have two good service times for people to come to. In other words, you kind of balance the attendance out a little bit more, and that's going to make it a lot easier for people to actually get to one of the services that's a good time. So we're not going to put a date on this, but we are anticipating inside the next few weeks, if not the next month or so, we would love to be back at two services, not three, in relatively short order. We think that's going to give the best opportunity for people to come in, and again, we're still averaging around 16, 1,700 adults. And so in a 2,000 seat auditorium between two services, we are still underneath our 50% capacity and we still have plenty of seats where people can make the decision and stay spaced out if they would like. The other thing you'll start to see on Sunday morning is we'll open the foyer up a little bit more. We're not rushing back to serving coffee, though I am with you, friends. I would love some coffee in the morning when I go to church. We're not quite there yet, but fairly soon we think we will be, but we'll be open up spaces like Welcome Space, like our Info Central, so that we have an easy way for people to get connected at a deeper level at Cornerstone. Now, beyond the Sunday gathering, 
There's a couple things that I want to highlight that we will see opening back up this spring. Particularly, let's talk kids and youth first. So with our kids and our youth programs, you're seeing more and more in-person gatherings, particularly with our youth ministry. As we get past spring break time, so basically the last weeks in March and heading into April, you're going to start to see our senior high youth program. We call it ESCAPE. ESCAPE is going to start to gather in-person weekly for teaching and then have their small groups that flow right out of that on Wednesday evenings here at the church in a larger group. We've been meeting in homes throughout the fall and spring up to this point with those groups. For our 180 groups, we're going to have a monthly large group gathering that we all come together to worship, and then we'll be rotating through. Basically, the sixth graders will have a week, and then the seventh graders will have a week at the church. The eighth graders will have a week at the church. And so for junior high ministry, they're going to be at the church in some sort of larger group a couple times a month and then in homes for their small groups those other two times. That just lets us get back to those fun environments for kids to gather with other kids. We're really excited about that. And for Cornerstone Kids Ministry, um, what we're anticipating here is actually we're really looking particularly at the summertime. We have Vacation Bible School planned for the second week in June. And so if you are looking at the Cornerstone Kids newsletter, you're starting to see those things. We'll have signups coming out very soon. That will be a full week of Vacation Bible School. We, pl- we are pl- anticipating that being totally normal in our planning. We also are planning kids camp for the summer, and we anticipate that being a totally normal event as well. And looking toward the fall, we anticipate all of our kids' classrooms all the way up through fifth grade will be reopened just like they have been in the past, and we're excited about that step forward. Last thing I want to talk about in terms of programming with this dimmer switch has to do with groups and classes. So we've continued on having connection groups meeting in homes, and those groups are still meeting and they're doing great. But in particular, we are going to be opening in the month of March, or actually, pardon me, the month of April, men's groups and women's groups. So we're going to announce this information on Sunday. You might get it early if you're a podcast listener. So here you go, Equip Podcast. You get it first. So men's groups, Troy Nesbitt is going to be leading those on Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. starting the month of April. They'll go April and May. They'll be at the church around round tables. There'll be coffee provided for the guys. It'll be very similar to what you've experienced in a men's group in the past. For women, we're going to have women's groups that are also going to be opening up the second week of April. The plan right now is to do a four-week study through a biblical book, and there will be child care provided inside of a Thursday morning time frame for those women's groups that will be opening up in the month of April. Super excited about that with the team that's going to be doing that as well. Another, this isn't a group, but this is one of those classes or forums that we're offering. We're going to be announcing this week that we're having a marriage conference in Des Moines in partnership with Keystone Church in Ankeny and Cottage Grove Church in Des Moines and our Marshalltown site from Cornerstone. We're going to hold a marriage conference. That's going to be Friday, April 30th to Saturday, May the 1st. If you'd like to stay overnight, there's going to be a hotel block at the Hilden Connected, and this will be in the Hy-Vee Hall, or pardon me, in the Community Choice Credit Union Ballroom that's connected to the Iowa Event Center. It's a beautiful space that we were able to get 
get because in canceling our salt company conference, we had some remaining funds that we needed to use. And so we're going to be able to put on an awesome marriage conference there Friday night into Saturday morning. And that'll be $50 per couple. So 50 bucks total, limited spacing. You need to sign up because it's going to be great. And um, it's going to be just an awesome opportunity to pour into your marriage, which if you're like me, all of us have ways we can grow and we have things we need to learn and grow in coming off of this time of kind of a harder year prior. So that gives you an overview. Again, the principle here is this. We're not flipping on off. We're pushing up the dimmer switch and more and more and more things weekly will come back open. Now, here's the questions we get on that. First question, what about masks? As we open things up, are we still requiring masking, etc.? Well, okay, first off, I just want to encourage everybody here. Um, be wise and make wise decisions. We trust you with that. And right now at Cornerstone, the way we've taken an approach and kind of the policy we've tried to hold to is that we're encouraging the use of masks while indoors, but we're never going to be policing that. And I don't anticipate we're going to get to have a mask burning Sunday as much as I might want to do that at some point. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Um, but instead, I think what you can anticipate this is as the cases continue to improve in our local area and medical interventions continue to move forward, we'll just gradually see that people will change in their practice. And that's a good thing. When you're at home in a connection group, we leave that decision to the group leader based on the needs of the group. Group leaders make great decisions there. But when you're in a bigger group environment at Cornerstone, right now, we're still encouraging the use of masks. But if you're one of those who it's harder for you or you just, it's just something you are really uncomfortable with, no one is going to be coming up to you and policing that. That's not what we're going to do. We trust people and we trust you to make wise decisions as you gather with people. And so I'm not going to give you an exact time when the masks are coming off at Cornerstone, but my bet here right now is I'm betting we're not as far off as we might think from that. So I'm encouraged by that too. The next question we get is actually kind of the opposite side. If the question about masks is generally coming from the standpoint of, I really don't want to wear a mask. There are other people who are saying, isn't this all just just too fast? I mean, shouldn't we, we wait a little bit longer and my answer to that is I respect um, the considerations that people would have. The individuals may make a more or less restrictive choice right now, and that's a choice that you have to make in wisdom. I get that. And if, you, if we were just saying, hey, everything back to normal, flip the lights on, go for it, I, I actually do think that right now that would be a little too fast, and our elders have decided that's not the path that we're going to take. However, we recognize that as a church, our primary call is to shepherd God's people towards spiritual health in Christ. Our call in Colossians is that we would present every person perfect and mature in Christ Jesus. And that means that while physical health absolutely has to be a consideration for us as part of the larger community and aims and in this country that we're a part of, a church isn't simply an entity that should be considered considering a person's physical health. We have to consider holistic health, spiritual health, mental health, relational health of marriages and pe- parents and all these considerations. And we feel like when we look at the whole big picture, th- right now the world needs the church and our community needs the church. And so for us, we feel like now is the time to move forward wisely 
because of those considerations in those areas where the gospel can provide incredible hope and light to people. Now, last question we get often is where can we pray? Let me give you a couple areas. I want you to pray for marriages. This is a really hard time, a really stressful year. Pray for marriages. Pray for families with kids in school who have been managing all the details and difficulties of this. Pray for our senior citizen members who have had a much more isolated last year and are many of them struggling with loneliness. Pray for single adults who may not actually socially be as engaged with people right now. Pray for global missions. Um, this is a really hard question. I think you're going to see life return back to the U.S. far earlier than you see international travel return back in a very normal way. And so for global missions and the progress of the gospel, there's some real considerations there. And I'm praying as well for Iowa State University. We love Iowa State. We would love to see a full freshman class back at Iowa State in a full football stadium come the fall. And we're praying for that in part selfishly because we have a really, really good football team this year and we would love to be there cheering them. But more than that, we love the university. We want to see it thrive. When they thrive, we thrive. And so we want to see Iowa State back. So pray for health to continue to return there. And then lastly, I want to give you a final couple words of encouragement as we close. As you're thinking this through personally and praying through what should the dimmer switch look like in your life and in your family, I want to encourage you. When you think through what the next step should be, what's risk tolerance and what's wisdom look like? I want to encourage you, don't make those decisions in isolation. Run what you're thinking life should look like by a trusted friend, a godly friend who can talk it through with you so that you get the balance of another perspective. And I want to encourage you, don't rush back into just filling your schedule with activity. Rush back into personal relationship in a meaningful way with people. Open up your backyard, your back porch, your home, like what Solomon taught us out of Acts chapter 16 in the Philippian story. Let's pray that God would make us Lydia's who open our houses and our hearts, not just to hear the gospel, but to invite others in. And then one final encouragement I have is I want you to think about this. If this dimmer switch is going forward, all of us listening are at a little different place. What's one more step you should be taking right now. Maybe you're someone who you haven't really turned back to worship yet in person. Maybe you should prayerfully consider if now is the time for you to do that. Maybe you're somebody who there's just an individual you've been meaning to get together with, and now might be the time for you to take that step to invite them over to your home or out to dinner now that it's a little safer. Maybe it's a family from school that your kids have played with in the past, and you need to reinitiate that relationship. I just want us to prayerfully say, God, as we move forward in this together, what's one more step we should take? So I just want to close the podcast saying again, from our elders to people of Cornerstone, we praise God for you. It's been a joy to walk together in unity in this time. Not every decision that we've made is the one that you might have made, but you've honored us as leaders in this church and you've walked with us so well. It's a joy for us to lead you. It's, it's been a great privilege to walk with people through these steps of what does the dimmer switch look like and how do we walk in wisdom together? Because it's actually in wrestling through that that we become more and more 
unified in Christ. It's actually in working through questions like this where we have the chance to see that we truly do love one another and that we value one another more deeply than our personal stance on this thing or on this thing. And so I just want to say to all of you listening, thanks for being on this dimmer switch awkward journey right now with all of us. I'm looking forward to what God has for us in the weeks and months to come as we see more and more the lights come back on. God bless all of you today. Thank you.